Hello everybody and welcome back to the Schedulers Podcast. My name is James. This is a true horror podcast by somebody who is, in fact, scared of true horror. That's me. Yes, hello. Before we begin today, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording today. This is, was, and always will be Aboriginal land. Today, I am joined with two lesbians. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Ash and Ruby. Hello, how What's are you? What's Hi. One? How are we? Not much. You doing well? Um, as well as one could do, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Yeah. It's so weird getting ready for this podcast because I haven't done it in so long. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, I haven't done it so long because, <clears throat> A, I've started, like, streaming full time. Which yeah. is so incredible. Congratulations. Because yeah, you're killing it. Thank you so much. You hit 19k recently? Yes, almost it? at 20,000, which is Amazing. crazy. Followers, that mm-hmm. is. Um, not dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's crazy because, you know, I love doing the podcast and whatnot, but it's just been keeping me so busy and I felt so, I've been so exhausted and mentally, like, drained. Mm-hmm. Um, but I miss it so much. It's really good to be back. And, you know, I've been listening to, like, the last episodes and we we're talking a lot about coronavirus and, like, won't last long, like, <laughs> like joking about it. <laughs> yeah. And fun. here we are, like, what, seven, six months in, and we're just like, okay, mm, here we go. It's definitely, it's just completely unprecedented. I look back on people, I've been watching YouTube videos from, like, a while back, just random people's, mm. and they're like, 2020 is the year, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, if only you knew. Yeah. Like, mm. I feel like we started the year at such a high. I feel like we were all in such incredible places and just doing, because we used to go all the way with you to Sydney and do drag stuff. And just, I feel like I was in a really good place and like Ash was as well. I know that. And Mm -hmm. then just to have it all stop and Mm -hmm. for so long, Mm because they thought six months, like we're hitting. Here we are. Yeah. We're hitting it now. So crazy. Yeah. Honestly. And even like, um, it's kind of, it's kind of like positives have come out of it. For example, like me with streaming Mm. is like, I wouldn't have gotten into this if coronavirus didn't happen. So I guess it's like one of those things where it's like a blessing in disguise, but also horrible because people are dying. A hundred percent. It's like a lot of creative people actually need needed the break as mm. awful as that sounds, because I have so much empathy and I feel so awful for everybody that this is affected in negative ways. But especially with like you doing the stream and I've started a business as well. Mm. So I needed a break in everything to do that. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's all a bit. Chaos. Yeah. Speaking of business, mm. Waratah Vintage. Waratah Vintage. Wait, what was that? Waratah, Waratah Vintage at Waratah, at Waratah Vintage. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started, a, I started a little vintage clothing business and um, we sell on our Instagram at Waratah.Vintage and we are actually releasing a new thing of totes. <gasps> Um, first, I need a new tote bag. So, well, mm-hmm. you better get you. one. And then we're doing bundles as well. But that is this is the first platform I've said this on. Yeah. So, oh my God. you better support because it's queer, indigenous owned, female run. Yeah, it's, amazing. it's local, so support your local. And maybe your fave will be modeling so. for us. Very yeah, soon. maybe. <laughs> well, honestly, like it's again. It's, I think that's like just being like being kind of adapting to the new world that we're in at the moment. I think it's really cool. I lo- I've seen so many drag artists and designers and musicians and photographers like really adapt to lockdown and like kind of use it as inspiration to create these really beautiful things. So 
I'm so proud of you. I think that's amazing what you're doing. And, Stop. Um, you deserve all the success. Plus, even... Like, the promo behind it, like, Ash, my God. Oh, yeah. thank you. The so photos are mm-hmm. beautifully styled, beautifully shot, mm. um, top-notch. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And we like to think it's a little bit more affordable, too, than, like, every other, like, vintage clothing oh, yeah. business yeah. out there. But Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm just tooting your horn. Yeah. <laughs> toot, toot, baby. Toot. Well, um, so firstly, hello everybody who is watching directly from the stream. It is so good to have you here. I know a lot of people from the stream do listen to the podcast. So hello. How you doing? Um, now, have you, both of you, <clears throat> have you had any awesome spooky experience? Have you watched any good horror films? Um, have you done any seances lately? Any sacrifices? Um, you know, the I mean, just <clears throat> every Saturday. Um, no, yeah. we, we, we watched... The Shining for the first time, <gasps> and um, we watched The Shining, and directly after we watched um, Doctor Sleep. Great. And I've heard you talk about it. I think we've been here before. I heard you talk yeah. about The Shining in a previous podcast, and yeah, I was so excited to finally watch it. It was amazing. Yeah. I was. It was like a lot. I didn't know what to. Ex- I, I kind of knew what to expect, but I didn't have any like. I don't know. It was just really fucking good. It is good, and also. It's not really like a slasher. People think it's just like this, like crazy no, slasher movie. Yeah, very was, psychological. I expected it to be more gory and gruesome, but mm. it wasn't, and I liked it. Yeah, it was. I don't know, similar in a way to Midsummer, where it was a bit like yeah, more yeah, more psychological. It made you think, and then you, your own mind just kind of just like mm. went from there. Well, last mm. time we did the podcast, so this is our third time on the podcast, yeah, which is huge. Oh, what the fuck. Um, but last time we did the podcast afterwards, um, James showed us Midsummer for the first time and that was absolutely f- yeah. insane. If you haven't watched it, you need That's to so and watch the director's cut. Yeah. It was, long, yeah. So incredibly disturbing, Yeah, but like really good and well shot and just mm-hmm. beautiful. I love, um, horror films that kind of bend the genre a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like The Shining is a perfect example of a horror film that just like fucks with. Mm-hmm. like the stereotypes of, of horror because in the late 70s early 80s horror was not that at all it was very much like scream queens and like yeah. it was very much about like um you know psycho pretty much yeah, set psycho, the bar yeah. you know, yeah. women being murdered so even though the shining has that element to it the stylistic element was brand new like having like color theory like how there's red mm. throughout the whole film and yeah. Yeah. every time i watch that movie it gives me something new to like really eat up and yeah, it's just definitely. fucking going it's <laughs> amazing but we also like do need to acknowledge how disgusting the director was oh, horrible, in it horrible. so just putting that in oh, like yeah. we completely he acknowledge put, he that Shelley devolve through hell exactly yeah and that she that poor doll she yeah. went through so much shit um, speaking of Shelley Duvall's really good remix, and it's like, hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hi, yeah, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hey. Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. I'd recommend looking up. It's like, honey. Please do. Let me just say, TikTok has changed my life. TikTok has... TikTok. TikTok. That's what I'm on. You're on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm on Toddler Talk at the moment. Oh, what? I know how I got there, but here yeah. I am. I think um, the people that watch Ash's um, TikToks are like kids. Oh, don't even talk about it. It's really strange. Well, TikTok is predominantly, like, children. I know. I didn't know that until, like, my friend with siblings was like, no, like, if you don't know why something's on TikTok, the answer's kids. And I was like, you know what? That's tea. It was so weird. I I made my first TikTok, and I posted it, and it kind of, like, blew up. I was so excited. And But the majority of 
people that were liking it or like commenting were fucking children yeah, they were like between weird. eight and like maybe 11 yeah. it was so weird i felt so strange like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a a rude video but it was like this isn't for you this is for like queer people <laughs> yeah. like, <get> off. <laughs> but it's really not we like yeah. it's echo chamber stuff i remember when like i was a kid like what like 10 11 like i was playing runescape and like had Tumblr and whatever. But that's, <laughs> but the thing is, like, adults were playing that and looking at me thinking, this is not for kids. Like, go mm-hmm. somewhere else. So it's like, mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing, but with TikTok now. It's because we're yeah. old. Because we're old. We're so old. I can't believe it. 27 soon. Can't. Ooh. Can't relate. 19. Shut up. 20. Don't talk about it. Um, so. Uh, what else? Have, what else have I watched? I watched a really good one. Jokes. No, I watched the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Oh. I went to the movies because... Okay, coronavirus, here's the thing. The cinema is, like, my church, in a way. Mm. So I need a place to, like, be in the dark, debrief, and breathe. So I looked up at the cinema, and I made sure there was nobody else going. And then I went there and bought a ticket. Stunning. Um, And it was the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it? It It was called... I don't know. I don't remember. It was terrible. It was (laughs) genuinely... It was about about an escape room. Is it still in theatres? I think so. It was, like, about an escape room in Russia... And these, like, social media influencers go there. I've heard of that. It was just the most predictable, mm. like, piece of shit of, of a film. I've never I've never wanted to get a refund on anything. But that, I literally was like, no, nah, I'm about to get a refund for this shit. That's mm. crazy. Oh, well, we watched recently. Have you watched Don't Breathe? I like that. Yeah, because we watched it recently. We hung up with a friend of mine, like, maybe three weeks ago. We hadn't seen each other since, like pre-COVID-19 and we watched it and what the fuck can we talk n- not no spoilers nothing it's great the the turkey baster scene oh yeah can we talk about that for a second what mm. the fuck yeah look bit much mm-hmm. bit there's much. a hair in it yeah I always my friend always gags she's yeah. like the hair we were in the theatres and we saw it and she was like <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about you need to watch it yeah you I remember watching, I watched that at the cinema and I, li- I liked it. I thought it was fun. I was mm-hmm. so scared. So we were I. running to the car, like, <laughs> after. It was scary. so scary. I get scared of movies that, like, mess with your, like, perception. Mm. Like, because that one's all about um, dark and, like, not being able to see. And who the victim is. Yeah, that too. And then in, like, um, A Quiet Place, like, it's almost completely silent, that movie. Yeah. And it's so scary to watch because it's, like, dead, yeah. dead silent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, literally. Have you guys seen uh, Quiet Place? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've watched it with my mom. Mm-hmm. I-, I loved it because of the cinema experience. Like I've never gone to a cinema and like been scared to like eat my popcorn because I was like, it's gonna be too loud. <laughs> yeah, like, it was dead silent. There was nobody. Like nobody was talking. It was in the movie. No soundtrack. Nothing. It was dead. That would have been amazing yeah. to watch. It was at so the weird. Yeah, and well, obviously I was so excited for chapter two, mm-hmm. but um, because of Yol Rona. Yeah, what's Miss gonna Rona. happen? We were talking about it the other night. Like, what is gonna happen with? TV and movies, like... Yeah. That's a really scary thought. It is. Like, so, I'm thinking, like, in a year, there's not going to be much new content for no. us to watch. However, RuPaul's Drag Race, they've started filming season 13, apparently. Oh. It's rumoured, so yeah. I could be wrong, but it's rumoured that they've started filming season 13 already, and I'm like, is this the right time? I guess, you know, I don't know if this would work, but if they rigorously test everybody mm. and then isolate it together... I don't know if that's a thing. I guess so. Well, yeah. I've heard that I it's guess. really isolating anyway. It is, but, yeah. So... That's weird, though. Mm. But the guest judges... Anyway, whole thing. Um, <laughs> I... I was, I'm actually really looking forward to this resurgence of, like, COVID movies and TV shows to see how they're going to adapt to, 
like how they're going to do it because there's so many creative ways of creating um narratives don't have to necessarily be people together for example there's a really good movie that came out a few years a few years ago called searching and essentially the whole movie is just from a computer screen and it goes from like video chats to social media to um facetime to skype and it's like it it builds this entire narrative just Mm. from a computer screen and it's really good like the the way that the the whole movie is structured is really really cool and like really scary um, there's another one like what's it's not good but unfriended yeah, oh, yeah. I was you gonna know, mention, there's yeah. like those ones too so it's gonna be interesting to see those kind of movies come out um, and see how they're gonna play with it and I betcha there's gonna be a lot of like corona oh definitely there's gonna be horror books, apocalypse like, like there's gonna be so much stuff coming out about it like this is the time like it's almost I hate to say this this is so bad but it's kind of exciting to be part of something that the whole world the whole world yeah. is it, we're going through it like in 40 years we're going to look back and go mm-hmm. this was that time where everything just stopped well kids like in the future are going to learn about it yeah because like, it's a plague like it's, that's it's what, it what it is it's crazy because with the bushfires yeah. it was australia like the world eventually knew about it through through like celebrities sharing yeah. it on social media and it was australia mainly like the east coast from memory yeah. but like this is global this is it's terrifying but it's also like it's fucking horrible people are dying people are sick but it's also a bit of like solidarity that's like okay take a deep breath it's not just me it's everybody else in the fucking world it's literally literally everyone yeah Yeah. um and it's crazy to think that there's like six months old six six month olds who are being born now who like have never experienced wouldn't even know what a concert is because <laughs> they couldn't even yeah. like obviously wouldn't take a six month old to a concert but do you <laughs> know what I mean like the concept of a concert doesn't exist I don't know I find that kind of can't, they can't go to like preschool normally they can't no. go to like play groups they can't see a lot of their family mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people though that are just like ignoring rules and stuff which I think is just ridiculous but mm-hmm. agreed you know agreed. each to their own some people need people yeah and they do stuff like that that's it well, that takes us to our next segment, which is the horror movie of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, I tossed and turned trying to pick the best story for this week, and I <clears throat> was going to actually do one whole episode on this movie slash um, video game franchise slash true life story. So essentially, um, we're going to talk about the horror movie of the week, and I'm going to briefly just talk about what it is. So this week's horror movie of the week is... Silent Hill. <gasps> so, Silent Hill was made in 2006, mm-hmm. and then a remake also came out in 2017. I think I've heard of it. Revelations or whatever. Yeah. So, Silent Hill essentially was based on a video game that was released back in 1990s. 1990s. <laughs> For PlayStation 1. Um, and it was like this extremely popular horror game released by Konami, so like from Japan. Um, and essentially it was about this, um, police officer whose adopted daughter goes missing, um, in this town when they're like passing through on vacation. Um, and Silent Hill is like this place where at nighttime this air siren goes off and all this dark. Oh my God. I'm oh! so sorry. <laughs> that actually scared me. <coughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. This air siren goes off. You need to put a warning in like, um, fuck? if you're wearing headphones, yeah. please turn Rest in peace, everybody. <laughs> um... <laughs> I just imagine people jumping. Honestly, I hope so. It's a horror podcast after all. 
Um, so essentially, yeah, there was like all this. So at nighttime, the air raid siren goes off and this darkness takes over the town and then fog comes in. All these monsters come out. It's like a pretty, pretty incredible game. Like essentially it was like one of the first games to ever break a lot of boundaries in terms of like money and like it broke a lot of records. Mm. And so in 2006, they got the film rights and they made a movie out of it where they replaced the main character with the female who was mother. And, um, critically it did not do well but critics hated it it was like pretty actually trashed on although from my opinion it is very true to the game and so i think from that perspective it's a really good movie and stylistically Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of um it takes a lot of inspiration from like david lynch Mm -hmm. in terms of like really strange techniques and the lighting is really ominous the production value itself, like, the the sets are incredible. Mm. Um, and the acting, like, the performance is really good. So I, I would recommend... That's why it's the horror movie of the week, because I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, and critics, though, like... they Yeah, you know, they're going to watch yeah. it without any... They're not gamers. No. So they're going to watch it and go... They're purely basing it off a film. Yeah. But be, being a film... Like, a, a fan of the franchise, loving Silent Hill... Um, I appreciated everything that it brought to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying that as well, the podcast episode that I was going to do about it was that because Silent Hill is actually based on a real life um, town in America. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Massachusetts. And it was a town um, that was a coal mining town back in the day. And essentially what happened was the whole town got like lots of trash together back in 18- the 1800s. And they were going to burn it, but they didn't realize that there was coal underneath the ground in tunnels oh, and shit. it pretty much lit this fire underneath the town which is still burning till this day that's crazy um and so it releases these fumes and so that silent hill which is it's not called silent hill it's called something else but um you can't go there it's completely like mm. it's dangerous you'll die you, you you'll inhale gas and die so um i liked how it was based off a real place and it was kind of interesting and um, that's it. Please go watch it if you haven't. You guys need to watch it. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll watch it. It's a popcorn sure. horror movie. It's like fun. Yeah. Laugh and it's kind of silly and yeah. campy and dumb. Love it. It's great. Bear back for the main story very soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to the Schedules Podcast. Good to have you here. So, Ashru. Yeah. Are you ready for this story? Mm-hmm. Yes. I decided to do something Australian. Oh, yeah. I we love, love We love. I love Australian true crime. Home I love Australian murder. murder. I always think it's really interesting. Now, <laughs> this does come with a heavy content warning, although you can assume that listening to a true crime podcast slash horror podcast that it will come with content warnings. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not all daisies. Yeah. It's not all daisies. It's not cute. It is what it is. It's awful. Today we're talking about a man named John Wayne Glover. Not John Wayne Gacy, John Wayne Glover. Same initials. I know. Weird. Crazy. Do you know who John Wayne Gacy is? Of course. Yeah. Thank God. The clown I was going to say, who am I sitting with? <laughs> okay, so this man was born in England um, and he came from like a very middle class working family, you know, very run-of-the-mill English family from the UK. Yeah. He was always, like, when he was growing up, he was involved in a lot of, like, petty crime, especially stealing, like, purses from women and, like, 
um, stealing stuff from grocery stores, like, and always get caught. Um, that's the key word. Loser. There. Loser. I think you caught. Um, <laughs> Getting caught, not idiot. stealing from grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> and this dated back all the way to 1947. So we're talking like, oh, this, this, this is an older story. Mm. Um, so when he was early, when he was 14, um, he served in the British army, but he did not disclose his petty crimes. And so when the army figured out that he was, uh, you know, had committed these petty crimes, he was discharged immediately. Mm. Goodbye. Um, so eventually he emigrated to Australia in 1956, where he first lived in Melbourne with his mother and his father. Um, eventually his mother and father divorced and his mother <clears throat> remarried several times, I think five or six times. Shit. With um, also several partners as well. Go off, babe. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, he... In 1962, he was actually sent to prison um, on two counts of assaulting women in Melbourne. Um, one mm. on indecent assault and one in assault, which ended in theft. Um, neither of those were sexually, um, you know, didn't have any... They, he didn't rape anybody. He didn't molest. He just hit women yeah. on the street. Disgusting. And they were yeah. Piece of shit. Um, essentially, he was sentenced to a three-year good behavior bond because apparently that's good enough great Mm. anyway so he had a troubled relationship with his mother who was named frida um and also with the stepfathers that he had like many had like six of them and he would always fight with them all um and essentially uh on january 11th um no just kidding that was me skipping forward my bad he (laughs) skipping forward a little bit he married in 1968 and he also had a terrible relationship with his mother-in-law of his new wife So he seemed to have this, like, ongoing... He just hates women, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Misogynist. He's a bit of a misogynist. He has just issues with older women, women in general, but especially older women. He has a weird relationship and tends to... Like, his crimes were assaulting older women. Oh. I, I, get, I assume because they are either A, an easy target, or B, because he has some sort of internalized issue. Mommy issues. Yes. In short. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, essentially... After divorcing his wife in the early 90s, um, his wife took their two children away to New Zealand um, and to fill this time because he was like, what am I going to do without my wife and kids? Wow, so sad. Um, John volunteered at the Senior Citizens Society, which is essentially um, a place where you volunteer and you get sent to different nursing homes to either help out with Manual handling, doing nails, cleaning, just essentially anything you can do to help out the nursing mm. home without having to be paid. Um, um, and he was described as being, like, super friendly. Um, all of the residents loved him. The staff that he worked with were, like, he is incredible, like, what a lovely guy. Um, was actually, like, very, very popular made, like, a lot of friends through this. Super interesting that he was allowed in such a, like, intimate and, like, kind of vulnerable place with having a criminal record that is abuse. Completely agree. Crazy. I know. You know, it's the 90s. Yeah. You know, I guess criminal checks of volunteers probably weren't as prevalent. Mm. Um, Although I do know that after this story, this specific story, volunteers were, began getting criminal checks Mm. because of this man. I'm so excited to, to see how this goes. Why? Yes. So essentially, um, he. I, I'm saying this. I said essentially four times now. I need to stop saying that. Pull me up if I say it again. I'm not going to. Please do. <laughs> I will. <laughs> he. Uh, he then began working as a representative for Four and Twenty, 
uh, meat oh, pie company. Ayo. Yeah. Oh, we love. If anybody, we else, love. if anybody is American doesn't know what a meat pie is, it is pretty much a pie with meat in it. And gravy. And gravy. Like but like, meat and gravy. It doesn't even taste like great. I don't even know. It's its own thing. Yeah. It's like peppery. If you come to Australia, get one. It's 420 very pies are good though. Like 420 pies really are like the... Top you tier. Get them, you know, petrol stations. God tier. God tier mm. pies. Um, even 420 sausage rolls. Yum. Chef's I, kiss. I love the... Who, who the fuck invented the traveler pie? Where it's oh, like rectangular genius. shaped. Oh, so good. Thank you so much. I prefer a rectangular pie because there's more pastry. I don't want to say it, but I agree. It fits it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we digress. <laughs> Absolutely. So on March 1st... Wow, I keep skipping. Oh, my bad. Um, at age 56, so skipping a little bit forward again, John remarried and had two children. Um, another two children. So his first two children, God knows, New Zealand, who knows what they're doing. <laughs> had two new children with a new wife. Um, his new wife had no knowledge of his previous offences, like, had no idea that he was assaulting women and whatnot. Um, on January 11th, 1989, 89-year-old Margaret Todd Hunter was walking home um, in Mossman, which is quite an affluent area yeah. of Sydney. Quite, yeah. Really so, nice. <laughs> um, she was seen by John um, while he was driving. So he parked his car. He walked up to the woman he punched her in the face, Fuck. stole the content of her purse, which was $209, and then he went to the Mossman RSL club, where he spent the money on um, pokies, like poker machines and gambling, um, and drinks. So, investigating police and concluded that the crime was a random mugging and believed that they would never find, like, the person actually did it. Because they're like, it must be just random, some, you know, some sort of hooligan. Mm. Anybody that doesn't know what RSL is, an RSL club is... The Australian version of, like, a casino, kind of, in a way. Except for, like, it's, like, a little bit more lame and for old people. It's for old people. Yeah, they, have like, they don't, like, gamble. Like, they gamble on, like, machines. Like, slot yeah. machines. Slot machines. They like have them over little, there. It's, like, bistro, shitty bistro food. Like, you go there at, like, 5 p.m. and get, like, yeah. the dinner special. We're always forced to go there as kids. Yeah. So like, oh, Nan's yeah. birthday again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was always like a dry schnitzel again. with like steamed broccoli and you're like Ugh. or chinese food it was like one of yeah, the, the ra- why like why the chinese food random. was also the chinese food low-key everyone i've gone to has Slaps, gone off yeah, yeah. The honey <laughs> yeah. chicken oh, honestly god <laughs> so on march 1st 1989 um as he left this is like um essentially wow hi again hi hello essentially have you been it's been it's been two months since he assaulted that woman. Uh, so in March in the same year, he left Mossman RSL. He liked to go there a lot. Mm. He saw a woman by the name of Gwendolyn Mitchell Hill. Um, so she was walking down the street by herself. Um, he returned to his car and then followed the woman to the entry of her apartment. Um, while she was like pressing the buzzers for the elevator. He hit her on the back of the head with a hammer. Oh. He then continued to strike her body multiple times, which broke um, all of her ribs, every single one. <gasps> he fled the scene, stealing her purse, which contained $100 cash. Uh, Mitchell Hill, who was the woman, uh, was still alive when she was found by two school children, but died shortly oh. after the police and ambulance oh, arrived. Shit. That's and awful. the crazy thing is the police had no leads, no witnesses or anything. And what happened was... Um, when neighbors came down and saw like all the blood and the police had taken her to hospital, um, being good neighbors that they were, they assumed that she fell. So they cleaned the whole scene. So there was no DNA left 
Um, so the police were like, great, we've got no fingerprints, we've got nothing because these wonderful neighbours trying to do a favour um, cleaned the blood, but cleaned all of the evidence while doing so. I, I get it, but also <clears throat> you don't do... You don't no, they, like they how, assume she fell. They assume she fell. How long, like, were the police away there? That's like, what I mean, for? right? Like, wh- where concerned. were you? I don't, where were you? Literally, you, were, you didn't need to take her to the hospital. <laughs> the ambulance were there. You could have stayed Thank there and much. taken the fingerprints. Agreed. That's too easy. Like, if someone got a hose out, the police are like, hey, put, that, put that hose away. <laughs> exactly. So we got to sweep this scene. Well, police are just, yeah. That's, not, that's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On May 9th, 1989, so March, April, May, two months after this assault. Um, murder. He was once again, oh, murder, my apologies. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> um, he was once again walking along the same road of the RSL and uh, where he pre- previously murdered um, Gwendolyn, the woman with the hammer. Um, he spotted 84-year-old Lady Ashton. So she was um, the English uh, slash Australian wife of the late Impressionist artist Sir Will Ashton. Oh, sure. Not knowing that if you're married to a sir, you're a lady. Uh, how brilliant. You knew. I want to be a lady. Me too. Crazy. So yeah, <laughs> famous artist was a sir. Anyway, here she is walking down the street with a walking stick. Essentially, she... Hello, essentially. She was number five. Six. (laughs) Number six. Great. She was on her way home to her nearby street um, when Glover put on a pair of gloves and he began to follow her into the foyer of her apartment where he attacked her with his hammer again. He... um, He then dragged her to, like, a rubbish bin like area. You know how apartments have, like, Mm -hmm. a rubbish bin area? Yeah. He dragged her to this area where he... Slammed her head into the pavement. Then she actually almost overpowered him. Oh. Um, but he got on top of her and then slammed her head again into the pavement and she became unconscious. Mm. He then took off her stockings and wrapped them around her neck, choking her to death. Oh my God. Um, he placed her walking stick and shoes at her feet and left with a purse which contained $100 cash. He then proceeded to the RSL club. Oh. Where the staff were concerned about hearing sirens outside and had a conversation with Glover. Glover saying, wow, I hope this is not another mugging gone wrong. Essentially to create an alibi saying, well, I mean, I'm in the RSL club. How could I have yeah, killed anybody outside? Then police. So when police found Lady Ashton's body, uh, it was laying face down in a pool of blood surrounded, which surrounded her head on the ground. Um, the pantyhose are tied so tight around her neck that they were cutting through her skin. Her bare legs were crossed and her arms were placed at her side. She had a thin trickle of blood running from her mouth. And at this point, the police concluded that they were definitely faced by um, a serial killer. Yeah. Um, It also was evident that there was somebody who was targeting richer, older women um, and were all robbed of their handbags. Obviously, they became linked. Um, But although it was shown that Lady Asher had a very expensive diamond ring on her finger... Um, and a very expensive necklace, and that they weren't taken. So oh coroners and police were kind of like, well, is this for money? He's taking the purse, but he's not taking diamond jewellery. So, like, what's yeah. going on here? This person obviously is doing it for some other reason, yeah. rather than just for money. Um, well, if it was just for money, he would have looked. Oh, she, look, she has a diamond ring. I'll grab that. But mm. I feel like it's... 
more. It's more than that and because it's, it's oh yeah, this is probably just yeah, and it's convenient. He's like he can just grab the purse and run rather yeah. than yeah. murdering them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God. Well, you know, if you're gonna steal someone's purse, you're not planning on killing them. That's like a whole nother exactly level yeah. of psychosis. Um. So on June 6th, 1989, so again, like one month later, Glover molested 77-year-old Marjorie Mosley at the Wesley Gardens Retirement Home in Belrose, where he was um, volunteering. volunteering. The victim reported to hospital staff that a man had placed his hand under her nightgown, but could not remember where what he looked like and could not describe him because of her dementia. Um, that same month, only a few weeks later... Glover visited the um, visited the Caroline Chrisom nursing home in Lane Cove, where he lifted the dress of an elderly woman and fondled her buttocks. In a neighboring room, he slid his hand down the front of another patient's nightdress and stroked her breasts. The woman cried out for help, and Glover was briefly questioned by staff before leaving. Um, so he was able to play it off every single time as like, "Oh no, they're just yelling. I was trying to help them, you know, get out of bed or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then staff were like, "Oh, it's fine. She's got dementia." Blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, on August 8th, so a couple months later, that same year, Glover raped an elderly woman named Effie Carney in a back street of Linfield in Sydney, and in October, pretended to be a doctor at a nursing home where he slid his hand and slid his hand down the nightdress of a resident. Um, on October 18th, so a couple months later again, Glover followed 86-year-old Doris Cox along Spit Road Mossman to her retirement village. In the secluded stairwell at the front of the house, he attacked her, ramming her face into a brick wall where she fell. Although she did not, she did not die. She could not provide a clear description of her attacker due to her dementia. Um, and according to her, the attacker was a young man, possibly a teenager. So she yeah. had no idea what, who it was. Of course. It almost seems like he keeps getting away with these too easily because like, obviously these people are very vulnerable and um, don't have the same capacity to retain information yeah. so it is like really really horrible and um disgusting to, to be honest mm. on november 2nd 1989 which is my birthday crazy <laughs> i wasn't born 1989 but november 2nd is my birthday just making that clear <laughs> like if you're born 1989 it's fine i'm just saying you weren't i, I wasn't <laughs> um, i don't want people to think wow james is all a little bit older than i thought maybe i am yes <laughs> Hi. <coughs> um, 2nd of November, 1989. Yeah. A good year. I remember it well. <laughs> Glover was a, Glover approached um, 78-year-old Lane Cone, Lave, Lane Cove. So he moved from Moss. He, he decided to, like, stop stalking the Mossman area and went to Lane Cove because I think in his brain he was like, they're going to catch on. Let's move to Lane Cove. They're both really nice areas. Very nice. Very bougie. Um, resident Dorothy, uh, Bink, while she was walking home in a quiet back street just off, uh, Languiville Road, which was like 10 kilometers from Mossman, Glover engaged her in conversation and offered to carry her groceries home for her. She invited him inside for, inside her house for a cup of tea. Glover declined the tea, but on the return down the laneway to the main street, he passed another older woman and then assaulted her from behind. What? The woman, this time uh, an 85-year-old lady named Margaret Pahood, also on her way home from grocery shopping. Um, the police were certain this was the work of what they coined now as the granny killer. Oh, God. Jeez. So what happened was she... Pahood was hit on the back of the head with a blunt instrument, and when she collapsed, he struck her again on the side of the head... Um, Glover rearranged her clothing, shoes, and walking stick 
took her handbag and left. Again, nobody saw the attack, but within a few meters, with a few minutes, sorry, her body was found by a young schoolgirl who at first thought the body was a pile of clothing dumped in the laneway. Okay. Neighbors yet again washed down the crime scene. Um, as the police and the ambulance were on their way, Glover rummaged through the contents of Pahood's purse on the grounds of a nearby um, golf club. He then headed off to Mossman RSL to spend $300 he had stolen. Oh my god. He just wants money for the pokies. He's just gambling addict, but also like extremely violent. Mm. And again, the neighbors washed yeah. down the goddamn. It's just like all these like series of really unfortunate circumstances that keep happening. Mm. I was about to say a series of unfortunate events. Someone's going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so within 24 hours of this murder on the 3rd of November, like one, literally one day later, 81 year old Olive Cleveland became the fourth victim to be called to be killed by Glover. He struck up a conversation with Cleveland while she was sitting on a bench just outside the Wesley Gardens retirement village where she lived in the suburb of Belrose. Again, another very nice mm-hmm. area. Um, when Olive became uncomfortable, she got up and proceeded to walk to the main building Glover seized her from behind and forced her down a ramp into a secluded side lane where he hit her and repeatedly pushed her head into the concrete before he removed her pantyhose, tied it tightly around her neck and strangled her to death. Glover rearranged her clothing, shoes and walking stick and then left, which was, and then took her money, which was $60. Once again, the old woman's injuries were initially attributed to a heavy fall and the crime scene was yet again washed down by neighbours. Can they not see the fucking pantyhose? What? I don't know. Stop no, washing down crime scenes, babe. Um, insane. <laughs> and at this point, the government doubled the reward to $200,000 for any information surrounding the quote-unquote granny killer. Jesus. Now, on the 23rd of November 1989, Glover was sitting in the Buena Vista Hotel in Middlehead Road, Mossman, when he saw 93-year-old widow Muriel Falconer walking opposite the hotel where she was coming home from, like, shopping. Um, he returned to his car, which was parked just opposite the police station, to retrieve his hammer and gloves, about to, like, obviously murder this woman again. He followed her to the exterior of her home in Muston Street. He quietly moved up behind her while the partially deaf and blind woman opened her front door. He put his hand around her mouth to silence her before repeatedly hitting her around the head and neck with his hammer. When she fell to the floor, he began to remove her pantyhose. As he did this, she began to regain consciousness and cried for help. This prompted Glover to hit her multiple times with the hammer until she finally passed out. He removed her undergarments and used them to strangle her. He searched her purse and the rest of her house for valuables before leaving with $100, again after rearranging her shoes. The following afternoon, the body was discovered by a neighbour who entered using a spare key. The crime scene was left undisturbed and investigators were able to collect forensic evidence. Finally. Thank um, A neighbour described the suspect as middle-aged, portly and grey-haired. The reward was increased to $250,000, so another fifty grand. All these poor women... It's fucked. Imagine making it through your whole life. That's what I mean, right? a fucking sadistic fuck kills you like that. Like, that's disgusting. That's what I was thinking when I was writing the story. I was like, these people have lived such lives. 89 years on this planet. Like, they've seen so much history and you've just, like, decided that you can take it away. How dare they? How very dare this prick. On the 11th of January 1990, Glover visited the Greenwich Hospital in River Road on his pie sales round. Love that. (laughs) 
He was in his work uniform and carried a clipboard, entered the hospital's palliative care ward, which held four elderly ill women, including 82-year-old advanced cancer patient Daisy Roberts. Um, Glover asked if she was losing any body heat, and then he pulled up her nightgown and touched her in an indecent manner. Roberts panicked and called for help, upon which a nurse found Glover in the ward. When confronted, Glover ran from the ward, and the nurse was able to record his car's registration number. Um, and essentially from that, they were able to find, you know, who he was because of he was the pie re- representative. Mm-hmm. So they contacted the company and were like, hey, who is this dude? Um, and they were able to, like, figure out who it was. Um, so the hospital staff, like I said, were able to identify him because of his pie rounds. <laughs> the way he's the pie man in I this know, story. It's too much. Um, and so, although this was like a very significant like breakthrough, the hospital assaults were not linked to the murders, um, and they weren't even re- they weren't even reported to the murder like the crew that was dealing with the murder. Mm-hmm. So they're both like separate incidents, and they weren't linked. Um, but if everybody knows about the granny <clears throat> killer, maybe this guy who comes in and like <laughs> right t- touches a granny. People are stupid. Mild. It's Mildly. yeah. It's like, it's strange. Come on. Um, so detectives from the Chatswood police station contacted and confirmed Glover's name via his employers. Detectives, um, contacted Glover and requested he attend an interview at the station the following day. When Glover failed to appear, the police rang his home and were informed by his wife that he had attempted suicide by overdose and was recovering at the Royal North Shore Hospital. Mm. Police went to the hospital to see Glover, but he declined to be interviewed, although he did permit them to take a photograph. <laughs> Staff at the hospital handed police a suicide note that, had, that would, was written by Glover in the middle on the page of a 4 and 20 pie business paper <laughs> that contained the words, quote, no more, Grammy, no more grannies. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He's so sorry. fucked. That is just... I'm He's so fucked. What? And he also wrote on the note that Essie... <laughs> who is his mother-in-law, started it, quote-unquote. Right. So he's blaming his mummy issues on this, whatever it is. On his psycho. Yeah. Two weeks later, the suicide note... Two weeks later, may I add? Two weeks later. The suicide note and the photo were passed onto the task force. Two weeks later? Yeah. This note that says granny killer on it is passed... Sorry? Yeah. Two weeks later? (laughs) No more grannies, one more? (laughs) Sure. What? Uh, So detectives obviously believed that Glove was the killer. Sorry, of course. As he, he, he confessed. Then like, oh, I think he might be the killer. Two uh, weeks later. He confessed, baby. And let me just say there's 70 members of this task force. Oh. 70 members of this police task force. Wouldn't you be what doing, like, doing, wouldn't you be doing rounds, like, in your police cars during Hello? the night? Like, Hello? And taking Anyone? ladies home? Anyone? Whatever. Hello? Anyway. Um... So, Glover was interviewed over the nursing home assault and denied all accusations. Police had limited evidence and decided not to question him over the murders, which would have led to Glover... Which would have led to... Which would have led... Hello. Hello. (laughs) Which would have let Glover know of the police suspicions. So, essentially, they weren't going to say, hey, did you do this? Because then they were like, well, if we ask him that and he gets suspicious, then he's going to withhold information. Mm -hmm. Um... Glover was put under constant police surveillance, including at one stage with an automatic tracking device. To make sure that he was not being followed, Glover would drive around the block more than once or drive the wrong way on the street. Like, would drive the wrong way on the road. Genius. Truly genius. Right. On 19th of March, 1990, um, Glover 
met a woman named 60-year-old uh, Joan Sinclair. That was her name, 60-year-old. Yes, <laughs> 60-year-old. Um, in Beauty Point, with whom Glover had a platonic relationship with. Oh. Um, by this stage, police had Glover under constant surveillance and, surveillance and watched, um, watched as Sinclair let Glover into her home around 10 a.m. By 1 p.m., no sign of Glover or movement within the house was seen. Police and the surveillance team began became concerned around 5 p.m. and got permission to enter the house at 6 p.m. Two uniformed police knocked on the door um, uh, to no answer. And when looking through the rear glass door of the house, saw a hammer lying in a pool of dry blood. Oh, that. my God. Four detectives searched the house and found Sinclair's battered head wrapped in a bundle of blood-soaked towels. She was naked from the waist down and her pantyhose was tied around her neck. Her genitals were damaged, but Glover later denied raping her. Bullshit. After finding Sinclair's body, they then searched the house for Glover, who was found unconscious in the, f- in the filled bathtub. Glover later told police he murdered Joan and explained they had been, they'd been having a relationship for some time. He said that he beat her about uh, over the head with a hammer, removed a pantyhose, strangled her with it, and then he went into the bath, swallowed a handful of Valium, um, a bottle of VAT-69, slashed his left wrist, and lay in the tub to die. Good. But he didn't die. Oh. Yeah. So, because obviously it was a big question. Yeah. Um... So at the trial, which commenced on 20th of March 1990, Glover pleaded not guilty to his crimes on the grounds of diminished responsibility, essentially the grounds of mental health and, like, being not smart enough to understand what you're doing. He knew exactly. Of course he did. He was a pie man. He knew what he was doing. A psychiatrist said that Glover had built up hostility and aggression since his childhood against his mother and then against his mother-in-law, who was said to, quote-unquote, trigger him. When she died, he had to take out his aggression on someone else. The psychiatrist who studied the case also added that this was a very unusual case because very few serial killers exist and most of them are mentally ill and slash or have an organic disease with the brain. Glover was sane at the same time with the murders, but a psychiatrist at the trial trial named John um, Sean said Glover had a severe personality disorder. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, But... (laughs) but see no shit um so essentially uh he was uh imposed to have the maximum available sentence which means that the prisoner will be um sent to prison for the rest of his natural life Mm -hmm. um you know the the judge says it's inappropriate it's inappropriate to impose any minimum term to be served before release on parole having regard to those life sentences this is not a case where the prisoner may ever be released. Um, so days before, um, no, no, sorry, that's not correct. Um, that is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so um, a few days into his into his um, prison life, yeah, um, one of his visitors, which was like probably a friend or something, he gave this person. Um, a sketch of a park and essentially it was like two pine trees and um, Glover pointed out on the image that in the middle of the two pine trees was the number nine Um, and the number nine is said to either represent the total number of murders or the total number of unsolved murders that he's done which is crazy so there's nine murders that have happened I'll name a few Emmy May who was 78 in East Melbourne 
Irene Kittle, who was 61, in St. Kilda. Oh, shit. Elsie Boy, 63, in Victoria. Christina Yankos in Victoria. Florence Broadhurst, 78, New South Wales. All older women, all robbed, all um, later in the evening. So he was just killing people in Melbourne, in like Victoria as well. As well. Because he le- he lived there before when he was yeah, in his yeah. early 20s. So oh. it's kind of like mm. nine could either be the nine that he killed or nine that he has not been found of killing. Yeah. So he was imprisoned in Lithgow um, Maximum Security Prison. In May 2005, Glover collapsed in his prison cell and was placed on suicide watch after telling prison officers, I've had enough, I want to die. He was examined by a mental health review team and monitored by closed circuit television. He was also given medical examinations as a follow-up to the two <clears throat> cancer surgeries that he had. He had male breast cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> On 10th of September 2005, Glover was found dead in his Lithgow um, prison cell and pronounced dead at 1.25. He, the 72-year-old serial killer, was confirmed to have hanged, hanged himself. And that is the story of Jane, John Wayne Glover, the granny killer of Australia. Mm. He, he didn't deserve to get out of that. Yeah, that that suicide was too good for him. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Like, it, 70... I Imagine, like... Imagine watching the court trial of a 72-year-old murderer. Yeah. You'd be like, who are you? Like, you're nothing. Literally. Like, you're pathetic. Literally. It just doesn't... It doesn't compute in my brain. Like, my na- my grandmother, my nan is 79. So, like, I imagine someone around her age... And if someone told me she was a serial killer, I'd be like, Babes. In what world? (laughs) You're killing ants? Yeah. Literally. Literally. It's just... Preying on... Just the most vulnerable people. Like, just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Mm. Especially in places where they're supposed to be safe. They're in aged care homes. They're in under care. That's Mm. disgusting that they were preyed on like that, especially when they had dementia. Yeah. Well, it's very common, though. Sexual assaults um, among, like, dementia patients are so common. Yeah. um, Because Mm. they're the most vulnerable people. They're so, like, frail and weak, and they can't remember. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's... I used to work in a nursing home. Um, I did activities for two years. Yeah. Yeah, with dementia, with with people who... People who have dementia. Yeah. Um, and there was a guy who used to work in my nursing home. He was a nurse. And one day I came home from work and my mum, like, was like, come sit down. And I was like, oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. And she's like, have you seen the newspaper? And I was like, no, I haven't. And then she showed me the newspaper and it was the name of the nursing home. Um, and his name was in there. And he had been molesting residents for two years. Mm. And I worked alongside him for two years. Yeah. And... I had no idea no. because residents, you don't, you can't see that, that kind of trauma. You can't see it because or, they don't remember it or, or they don't know sometimes it. sometimes they'll be really scared of someone, that but too. they don't know why. They don't know why. Someone that I know used to investigate stuff like that. Mm. Um, and she said like, you could see like fear on their faces when, when this specific would, yeah. man walked in, but they didn't understand why. Yeah. Wow. So crazy but that's obviously only sometimes it just makes it so hard to yeah. especially convict someone if they are found to be doing yeah, it absolutely so. well he's in prison now for life apparently good um which is great because apparently it was more extreme than mm. we thought so yeah. he's in life apparently for life good. i don't know what that is yeah um but we'll see um 
honestly, a bit of a down on that story, but it's so interesting to talk about Australian serial killers because we don't have that many in Australia. And that is one of the most like unnerving kind of like gross ones. Definitely. Um, but I think it's like a bit of like, if you see something, say something type vibe, mm. or if you see an old lady walking home, maybe just check it out. Make yeah. sure that she gets home. All right. If you're kind of, not doing much. I know don't we... clean blood off. Yeah. No, never areas. clean blood out of a crime scene. Just That's... mind your own business. Even if you don't think it's a crime scene. Just leave even it. Even if you think it's cranberry sauce or <laughs> tomato sauce. Just mind your business. Just don't clean it up. You know, look, yeah. maybe give it a couple of days. If it dries up, then maybe give it a go then. Yeah, for sure. Just scrub the toothbrush. Or call the police. Hey, there's something that looks Hello. kind of like blood. Yeah. Maybe you want to have checked this out before I clean it. I know there's 72 of you working on this case, but do you mind if I... You know, clean this blood. Um, anyway, that was the story. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that was worth the wait, everybody listening. Might have not been. Who knows? It will be. Positive thoughts. <laughs> if you hate it, I'm sorry. Now, I am one kind of person who loves feedback. Um, so please do send me any stories you might want to hear a podcast episode on. Um, directly to me on Instagram, which is at scaredshitlesspod. Please do follow and send me a message. I would love to know if you have any stories that you want to share with me, personal and or um, true stories that, you know, might not have been covered. Next week, I am tackling a big one. Um, It is going to be good. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, (laughs) So I'll see you then. Ash and Ruby, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you for having us. Love you both. It's been wonderful. It has been. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye.